welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your fabulous host, Nicole Roan, aka your capacity coach, and I thank you in advance for being here. We are in the second week of December already, and today you will be hearing from not only myself, but the wonderful Danielle Washington. Now, she is a really good girlfriend that I met through the Purpose to Platform group. And today we're going to be talking all about self-care. And I chose her to be the first person that you guys heard other than me because of her take on wellness. She has created this community called the Wellness Revolution for Women of Color. And it is helping us to really understand and redefine wellness for ourselves. Before I jump into her bio, I wanted to just recap and make sure you understand why I'm doing a month-long series on self-care. The major and number one reason is because I truly believe that when we are able to flow effortlessly, we can flourish tremendously and show up in excellence in each and every area of our lives. With that, you have to be aware of where you are capacity-wise. And I truly believe and know firsthand because of my own personal experiences and my experiences with my coaching clients that so many of us are running around at max capacity. And when I say capacity, I mean how much room we have to manage all of the different competing priorities that we really manage on a day-to-day basis. So when you're at max capacity, you don't have any room to manage anything else outside of what's already on your plate. And chances are you may be experiencing some of the symptoms that come along with being at max capacity, such as chronic fatigue, overwhelm, inability to focus, frustrated, and feeling like something is just off. And so I have Danielle talking to us today to help us really get our capacity in check by practicing self-care. Let me go ahead and just read this phenomenal woman's bio so we can jump right into this week's episode. Danielle D. Washington is the founder of Rogue Experiences, a wellness travel company, and the host of the Hello Well with Danielle podcast, where she teaches women of color how to strike balance between the lives they have and the lives they want. She approaches this through her transformational coaching method called AIR Journey. She also includes self-care, travel excursions, Reiki, and other wellness modalities to help us get in balance in this area. Through her personal experiences and training, Danielle helps women to get to the root of their limiting beliefs and interrupt the patterns that no longer serve them so they can redefine their habits to be in alignment with a life they truly desire and not one where they are simply surviving. Her mantra is put your mask on first, which stands as a reminder that making yourself a priority is the ultimate act of self-love. Help me welcome Miss Danielle to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Ma'am, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so hella happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay. Hello, well, with Hello, Danielle. Hello, Danielle. <laughs> I know, right? 
Changing my name. Hello, hello. I don't think I ever told you, but a while ago, like there was a lady that I worked with and she was like, you look like a Danielle. I'm like, okay, well, what does a Danielle look like? She's like, I don't know, but I think I'm just going to change your name. I'm going to call you Nicole Danielle. Call me Nicole Danielle for the rest of the time that I worked there with her. <laughs> you want to change my name, honey? I'm going to change your name too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but I am so excited to have you here to talk about wellness and self-care and I'm honored to share this space with you and talk a little bit more in depth because you know with me being a capacity coach I'm focusing a lot on the self-care piece because I feel like that's the root of really being able to create space and room to be your authentic self and to show up in excellence in every single area of your life so I wanted to of course pick your brain and let you talk to us a little bit about how you ended up in this wellness space and why you created the wellness revolution for women of color. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. No, first of all, the feeling is mutual. I hello, love you and everything you do. This capacity calculator that you're working on and doing is bomb. And the work you're doing is just needed. So we need you. We need you in the revolution. So we are grateful for you and this friendship. Um, It's funny. How did I start? Hello, well with Danielle, which is, I'm going to backtrack my story to kind of get to where I am and how I got to the point where I'm living my life that I truly desire that's in alignment with my highest power. Cause it wasn't always that way. You know, I have a company called Broke Experiences where I take women of color who were busy and overworked on travel experiences to help them get a you know, moment to breathe and get away from everything. And I love that. And you know, I also have the podcast and I love seeing my clients when they are coming back from these trips and really transforming their lives and living their best life. But the moment I'm proudest of, and this moment that got me here, is when I ghosted the entire world and went to Bali. Girl, I said, bye. I turned off my phone. I got off email. I closed my business. What? Without really telling me. Come like, on. We out. <laughs> Literally out. Got when off you the Dave Chappelle, you shut it down? Oh, yeah. Was Dave Chappelle, which is funny. I, well, I don't know. She, well, I'm going to say it. So I, Dave, side note on Dave Chappelle, like I love, love, love Dave Chappelle. I remember seeing him in Oakland. I'm from California and he was there. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. Um, I'm like, you're just, I love you. I love you. And I was talking to my friend after he walked away. I'm like, oh my God, I must have a little stalker. And she's like, just a little bit. <laughs> it's my Dave Chappelle moment. <laughs> At least you owned your truth. It's cool. Yeah, I was like, mm, okay, trust me. I love Dave Chappelle. If you're watching, if you're listening to Dave Chappelle, just give me one ticket. I've tried for years. I've tried. <laughs> but yes, I ghosted the world like Dave Chappelle and went to Bali. Okay. And, you know, it was 2018, around the end of 2018, I now was experiencing the sixth death of a loved one in one year. Mm. And the sixth death was my cousin. And oof, Nicole, that was hard. Mm-hmm. She was my everything. She was my mother, my sister, my therapist, my interventionist. She was the person I went to for everything in life. And now she was gone. Mm-hmm. She'd been struggling from cancer and slowly dying. And I was caregiving for her and I was left alone. And it was interesting because I was raised to serve. I was raised that, you know, you're just meant to serve. You mm-hmm. don't kind of agree, just you're just meant to serve. So in, you know, my big girl fashion, I was like, <laughs> dust in my shoulders. Like, I'm doing the thing. I was getting busy with my business. I didn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. I was just on it. And I was just like twerking through business and like life was good. 
that I had two separate friends, don't even know each other, contact me and say almost, no, identically the same thing. They both said, hey, sis, you're being hella dismissive. You're being aggressive. Your sister grieving. Like you need to take a break. I'm like, y'all are stupid. Y'all don't know me. Y'all overly sensitive. You, in don't my know my voice. Life. you don't know my life. I was like, in my Nene Leaks voice, another show I love. I was like, girl, <laughs> bye. I ain't got time for you. I was like, you know, I don't have time to, I don't have the luxury to take time to quit and, you know, stop it. And, you know, I don't have time to be thinking about all these things. Like I'm the strong friend. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm the one y'all come to when you need something. So I am good. Like, I just didn't, like, I don't have time to breathe. That wasn't where I was. Mm-hmm. And then my third friend, who was like my really, really good friend, came to me and he was nervous. And girl, he's never nervous. I was just like, you're thinking about this wife. Like, what? what's up with like, What's going on? I'm like, he knew how you were going to react. That's why he was scared, girl. Yeah, he was. I was like, because I think I, no, I hadn't told him about the other two. Okay. And he literally said the same thing as the other two people. And again, all men love to know each other. He's like, sis, you're being dismissive. You're being aggressive. You're grieving. You need to go somewhere. And at that point, I was like, hmm, alrighty, this is the third time, third time to charm. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize I had two choices. I can either let the plane crash and see what happens, or I can take care of myself and, you know, put my self-care first. And this wasn't the first time I've been here, Nicole. Like I had, you know, smiled in everyone's face, said I was good, and I was struggling and crying inside. Mm-hmm. I put myself in the back burner. Um, all these different things, you know, I, you know, had been in a situation where I tried to commit suicide and I was like, yay, close to dying. So I had seen what it looks like for the plane to almost crash. Mm -hmm. And I knew at this point, like, I ever want to go back to there. So I had to put myself first. And so in the travel feet, niece decided that I am, I decided to book a trip to Bali. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was going to, Yanala fixed my life in three days. (laughs) Girl, I had a plan. I was like, Virgo type A at three days. It's all I need to self-care myself. I'm going to give me three days to get this right. Period. I'll oh, actually, it was three days. Two and a half days because I was going to go to this other beach. So it was like two and a half days. You got this. Go. You got your Becoming from Michelle Obama book. Check. You have your journal. Check. You have this amazing view in front of you in the middle of nowhere. Check. You are good. Mm. And it did not go any which way I thought it would. Mm. But through that and through that journey and through that experience, I was able to come up with what I now call the air journey, which is awakening to your thoughts and the roots of your thoughts and your limiting beliefs. A lot of times we get to the surface parts and we don't dig far enough. Yeah. And interrupting your patterns that no longer serve you. So you can start redefining your life on your terms, redefining what wellness is, redefining what success is, redefining what failure is, redefining your joy. So you're more in alignment with the life that you truly desire versus just surviving. I feel like we constantly are surviving, especially as women of color. You don't feel like it is what it is. And we just keep surviving because, hey, I'm a strong black woman. I'm doing my goal. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's what really helped me get to where I am today to create this wellness revolution. Because this has been in my head since I was a kid. And I, and I didn't really want to accept it. I was, it was my, it was part of my limiting beliefs. I didn't want to accept that this was the vision I had as a kid, as a kid, I knew I was meant to fight an injustice. Mm-hmm. I knew there was something I was meant to fight. And I didn't realize that my injustice was women of color not taking care of themselves, putting themselves in the back burner, mm-hmm. saying, I don't have time. I don't have luxury of self-care. I can't afford self-care. Self-care is selfish. 
Yeah. Inviting them dying, suffering, obesity, blood pressure, all these other issues, you know, depression, because we weren't taking care of ourselves. And so I've been wanting to fight this injustice all my life. I just didn't realize it until I got older. Girl, you just said a lot, (laughs) a lot. So many different things are running through my head. First and foremost, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing with us, you know, the why, the how, and all of those different details. As someone who's been in your shoes and has continuously said, I don't have time for self-care. Self-care is a luxury. I'm the strong friend. I don't break, right? Like, you may know a little bit of this about my personal story and that I ran myself into the ground with those thoughts so much so that I ended up in ICU fighting for my own life because I was grieving not just people that had passed, but relationships, grieving, missing myself, getting lost in the midst of being the strong friend, right? And so as you talk about not having the luxury What have you done to, I guess, change that mindset for you? What did you do? And I'm asking because in the podcast last week, I released an episode that said the truth about self-care because so many people, I feel like me included, think that self-care is taking a bubble bath or, you know, go get your nails done or getting a massage. I've now made those things part of my regular maintenance, right? Because that's what helps me. But the truth about self-care for me is that it's hard, especially when you have not practiced it, when you have learned your entire life that just suck it up, buttercup, and keep going, right? That, you know, like you said, I'm the strong friend. You are used to not being in cahoots with your emotions. You're so detached from it that you feel nothing. How did you shift to, you know what, I'm out, I'm going to Bali for three and a half days, which lasted a lot longer. I know, girl, I was going to Bali for longer. I was in that location. Oh, for that location. Day. Okay. Excuse just me, that man. location. Because that was my, Yanala fixed my life section. of. Okay. Oh, you had two and a half days planned for that only. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, girl, I had plans. I was like, I'm going to go to this other spot to go to this yoga spot. And not for yoga, but for the meditation aspect of it, because I was not into yoga at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, which is part of my healing as well. And I was going to go to this beach location because I was planning a trip there anyway from rogue experiences in general. So yeah, girl, I was there for a while. I was offline okay. for a couple of months. Wow. So yes. Um, so your question was, how did I get to this mindset? Yes. What helped me? And so it's funny because, you know, when I think of self-care and the part of the reason why I've created Hello Well with Danielle the way it is. So self-care and wellness is what you make it. It's your own. It's customized. I want to say it's like those customized pair of jeans that fit your body just hella perfect and right. Because what works for you may not work for me. And it, what works for you in one season may not work for you in another season. Mm. And so it depends on the season. But I would say one thing that has been consistent is journaling. And it may sound so simple and easy. But oftentimes, when you don't name what's going on and allow yourself to feel it, you can't change what you don't know Mm -hmm. and what you aren't experiencing. So Mm -hmm. if you're in that hiding mode and not able to name it, feel it, you can never move through it. And I found that I would always push my feelings away 
because I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't need to, I don't time to process. I don't have time to process it, so whatever. But through journaling and especially using like journal prompts. So I, when I first started journaling, I really loved using journal prompts. It wasn't like, dear diary today, it happened. It was more like, okay, what's holding you back? Yeah. What do you truly desire in life? Like, where are you now and where do you want to be? And I would ask myself or I would get journal prompts that would help me ask these questions and would really help me get in tune with my thoughts. And the other thing I would say is meditation. Meditation has been a game changer in my world. Mm-hmm. Like through meditation, like I remember my living beliefs. I thought I was like, oh, my living beliefs is that I can't be consistent and all these different things. I'm a procrastinator. And I do, remember doing a walking meditation and cross stop mid-step. And people looked at me like I was crazy. Like, Leave me alone. I'm in a moment. <laughs> in a moment. And that's when it hit me that I was like, oh my God, your limiting belief is that you think that you were meant to serve only, not be seen, not be heard, not get financial reward for anything, but just to serve. Pretty much like a slave. Mm. And it was through that walking meditation that I was able to get to that deeper level. Whew. First of all, I'm going to need you to share this walk in meditation because I've never done one of those and I would love to. <laughs> uh, well, I love it. it I mean, because I walk every day and you, know, you follow me on Instagram. And so oftentimes yeah. I'll do a walking kind of, these are Danielle's random thoughts while walking. Yeah, they're so good though, because everybody's thinking them and they're just not saying it. So really being able to step like you said, to go deeper, right? Not just my limiting belief is that I'm a procrastinator or things like that, but understanding like the true essence of where you feel your worth is, right? And Mm -hmm. your value. And a lot of that is tied to not only, as you mentioned, around not being paid for our gifts or for the things that we bring to the table, but then it also shows up in our relationships too, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's a friendship or, you know, a parent, significant other. I know personally, I didn't realize where I was at until I had my own nervous breakdown. I wasn't practicing meditation. So this was separate from me being in ICU, but I literally checked myself into a behavioral health place to get some help because I didn't understand why I couldn't focus. I didn't understand why. As much as I was good at being organized and checking things off my to-do list, I just couldn't get stuff done. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating, like nothing worked. And it's there that I really learned how to get in tune with what those patterns are. And journaling was it. Like it made such a big difference because oftentimes we're running all these different things through our heads, right? And It's just like that. It's a thought and it passes and we're on with the next thought and on with the next thought. But when you journal, you have an opportunity to be like face to face with what it is that you're thinking, what it is that you're feeling. And it helped me tremendously. And so I want to talk a little bit about this new journal that I've already gotten that everybody in the world needs to get their hands on. Talk to me a little bit about this. So you're talking about which journal? Because I know. I'm talking about the one that helps you to redefine mindset. Yes. Yes. Talk to me about that one. Yes. So, yes. So that one. So right now in the month of December, I've been working on what I'm calling Awaken to You, which is a month long series to help people really be 
intentional about the reflection and knowing where you are now so you can thrive and not just survive in 2021. And with that, I wanted to provide a journal prompt. So with even with my podcast, at, any, at the end of every show notes, I always have journal prompts because I want people to start thinking about things. Mm-hmm. But you can't know where you want to be if you don't know where you are. And with the journal, I want people to feel like they're at the mall. You know, at the mall, they have the big ass sign. <laughs> you are here. Yes. I want people to figure out where they are now. Yes. Don't, don't wait to freaking 2021. Don't wait to January 1st. January 1st is not a magical day. The world of fairy dust doesn't come through and it's like, all of your dreams are coming true if you just put them on this day exactly. Bullshit. Yeah. Am I allowed to say bullshit? Oh, God. Well, yes, you can, girl. It is totally fine. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's bullshit. So I want people to focus now. Take yeah. the month of December because you're already in that mindset of like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I not do? Did I accomplish my goals? And especially this year. Mm. So many of us, whether we realize it or not, are grieving 2020. We're grieving the life that we thought we were going to have this year. Yes. You're grieving potentially a loss of a job, a loss of finances, a loss of connection with friends and family, a loss of traditions. Thanksgiving, Christmas is not probably the same as it normally is. Look, and I'm grieving going to concerts. I'm That's a real thing. Yeah. I'm struggling. I love being outside. I love the music and being yeah. in Chicago summer is when we get to be outside more. Otherwise it's real cold. You know, I'm grieving oh concerts. But yeah, so, so many of us are grieving things and whether we realize that there's a loss, but the, you know, I want people to be intentional about that. And that's why I created this journal that, you know, for 21 days, because it takes 21 days to make, you know, habit into a routine. And so gives you 21 days of prompts to really set you up to thrive and not just survive in 2021. But in addition, I'll be the first one to admit, girl, I have a hella serious problem with my, what I call my inner mean girl. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is my negative self-talk because I will sit there and like, I called myself a fat ass the other day. My friend's like, did you call yourself a fat ass? I'm like, yeah. Have you named your inner mean girl? No, she don't need a name. She's just the inner mean girl. I'm just saying, it's funny because my sister and I were saying the same thing. And I actually named my inner mean girl, Regina from Mean Girls, because (laughs) I feel like if I know who she is, then I can be like, hey, have a seat, Regina. I'm going to need you to take a seat, right? Because same thing, the negative thoughts that are coming in that end up coming out of my mouth, right? Like Mm -hmm. some days I'm like, gosh, I'm so stupid. And my sister will say, can you tell Regina to go somewhere to go take exactly. a nap? And so that's why I asked about it if you named her. It's so funny. Mean Girls was that movie though, right? Like changed everybody's lives. Everyone knows it. <laughs> but the thing is we all have it. And so I didn't want to name her because I don't want her in my life. I really want her gone. Mm-hmm. So if I name her, I'm giving her a space to say that, oh, you can stay here longer. Ooh. So she ain't going to get a name. She's going to be the inner mm-hmm. mean girl. And that, and what I created in addition to the journal, 21 Days of Journal, I created a worksheet, which is going to help you check your inner mean girl. Mm. Because she needs to be checked. She does. She needs to be checked and checked often. And so that's why she didn't get a no name, because she ain't even worthy of a name. And that's me checking her right there. Because she's not. Did you snatch my edges, girl? Regina going to have to go back to no name after today. Yes, no name. Because <laughs> she don't need to be there. You are worthy of so much. And you know this, so I don't even have to go there. I know, I know. But it's still true, even for people like us who are coaches and pouring into the world and wanting to help everybody, 
similar to you, I think I fought my calling for a long time. I think Mm -hmm. with me growing up, um, broke, broke and having a family that was severely impacted by the crack epidemic. And I'm gonna leave that right there. It was a struggle. And so I tended to gravitate towards people who were also like misfits or struggling and such and wanting to make them feel better, make them feel seen, make them feel heard, right? And so as I've gotten older, I've realized that I am that safe space, right? I'm the warm, inviting, you know, take your work mask off, let's talk sort of person. But that doesn't mean I don't have my own struggles too, right? And what I love about you and what you do on your platform is your wellness Wednesdays. And where you're just giving these true, authentic confessions. And we're in a time where on Facebook, Instagram, all social media, everybody's trying to make it look like everything is just all good. And you're like, hey, yeah, I'm all good. But there are days when I'm not all good. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, what prompted you to do those and what kind of response you've been getting from those Wellness Wednesdays. Yeah, no, again, part of why I wanted to create Hello Well with Danielle is because, A, I don't see people look like us in the wellness space. Mm. But also when I do see people who look like us or just people in general, I'm not saying that I'm like, well, how am I going to say this? Trying to be polite, trying to check my inner shade, girl. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, you see these perfect bodies and they all are vegan, they eat the best food and they say the best day, namaste. Mm-hmm. Honey, that's not real. You can't be 100% perfect and well and living like just so, you know, when your highest being of whatever 24 seven, because mm-hmm. also you have to go through the guck to be able to see the beauty. Yes. So I wanted people to know that there's guck, there's yuckiness. There's some walking through mud some days. And thinking like, God, is it more crap on my foot? <laughs> I just cleaned this off. <laughs> I just, exactly. I just cleaned this off. And that's the thing. Like I have gone through this process for so many years. Like it wasn't that I just woke up after, you know, my cousin died and went to Bali and life was healed. I've gone through the process, but I've gone through so many other things that got me there. And like, I always feel like your wellness is a life journey. Mm-hmm. It's a life journey. That's like an onion. You go through one layer. And you're good. They're like, I made it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to another level. No, I actually say it's like a video game. It's probably a better analogy. It's like you get to level one. Great. Do, 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 and you get on to the second level. All right. Second level. A little I'm bit harder. Mario Brothers. <laughs> yes. Get to the second level. Okay. And then you, you know, skill, you're good at that one. And you're on to the third level. And it just gets harder, harder because you're going deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. But the deeper and deeper you go, oh, honey. Oh, the joys, like feeling rooted in who I truly am. Girl, I can twirl all day and the joy of what that feels like. Yes. Oh my and so God. I want people to know that even as I get to different levels, I'm not perfect. We are all not perfect. And I want people to know that there's a safe space to unpack and know that you're okay and know that you don't have to, like, you're not a failure if, oh my God, I was doing this morning routine and I fell off. Just pick it back up. Come on, check your boot. Right. <laughs> Come on, Jatia. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't like Miss Jatia. Go check you, boo. boo. <laughs> so it's those things. So the well less confessions are my own confessions or confessions I find online. 
of us, you know, we're all trying to do better. We none of us are saying, I don't want to, I want to have a horrible life. We all want better. We all want to live the life we truly desire. But sometimes, you know, we run through bumps and hiccups along the way, but it's okay. And so I use those to show that there's bumps and hiccups along the way. And here's how to get past them because we're all human. And that's good. I think one of the things you said that stood out to me is that this is a journey, right? And I also mentioned that in my last podcast that, you know, self-care is not a one-time deal. It absolutely, it's a lifestyle and there are these different layers to your point. You know, once you get through level one, there's some other sort of boss or somebody at the end that you have to battle and really learning how to navigate through each and every one of those is essential to creating these self-care routines, patterns, and overall lifestyle, right? And so I want to know, what do you incorporate in your morning routines? Would you mind sharing with us? So every morning when I wake up, I say three things I'm grateful for. And I grab my bottle of water, this beautiful bottle, copper bottle, water, plus with healing water. I'm not sure if it is or not, but I'm going with the thought process. Hey, if it's healing to you, it's healing. That's all that matters. That's what I paid for. (laughs) (laughs) So I grab my water to start my hydration because I know that's something that I need to work on. So I hydrate and I say a little blessing like this is energizing my body and I'm grateful for this energy and it's giving me life. So this is after my three gratitude moments and the gratitude moments, my eyes are like halfway open and probably not. I'm still struggling in the bed where my favorite little beanbag, which you saw. Get me one of those. So we don't have it's to so talk about that. I'm telling you, I'll send you the link. It's the Yogi Bow, but it's bomb. But yeah, so I wake up in the morning, three things of gratitude. I give myself water and kind of do it like a blessing with the water that it's energizing my body. It's kind of my way of saying, okay, it's time to get up. Mm -hmm. And from there, I will either meditate. So right now I've been meditating every morning at 5 Mm a.m. And my meditation would be different. It could be a guided meditation. Like I love a couple different apps that I listen to, like 10% Happier. Or it could be I'll listen to music on Spotify, or it's just me and my thoughts. And then from there, depending on the timing of that, I then go for a walk slash dance party. If you're in San Francisco, don't judge me. I am (laughs) dancing, twerking along the path, listening to a playlist that I created on Spotify, and just enjoying life. And I say good morning. Whether people hear me or not acknowledge me, I say good morning to everything and everyone, not everything, but everyone I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, it, you know, I probably don't say it too loud because I'm like, pardon, like, I don't say it terribly loud, but if I really want them to, I'm like, good morning. But I say good morning to the trees, good morning to the grass, good morning to the sky, good morning to the sun, like good morning. And it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Especially, I love hearing people say it back because it, it does something to receive it. Yeah. Because we, it's great that we give, but we need to learn how to receive too. I think that's something, especially from color, we don't always receive so well. So it's me working on receiving. And so that's usually kind of the start of my day. Okay. That's good. I like that. So it's the three gratitudes, the hydrating and blessing, you know, the water and, and taking it, giving you that energy and then going on your walk slash dance party and saying good morning. 
Yeah, that's real good. The other thing I would add in that's been new is there's this guy named Lundrell who is bomb. He's a great um, self-care meditation that he does that's on Spotify. It's like five or six um, or seven actually meditations, but he has a bunch of them and he also has his own, his own app. Mm-hmm. But he has this one song, song or meditation, I don't know what it is exactly, called Gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I listen to that. That's one of the first things I listen to in the morning when I'm trying to get dressed to get, mm-hmm. you know, ready to go for my walk. And I love listening to him. He talks about, you know, someone didn't wake up today mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for to be alive. And he talks about, you know, gratitude is the attitude. It's, it feeds the soul. And so that's kind of something that I recently have just incorporated into my morning. I need to incorporate food. Yes. <laughs> work in progress. Work in progress. One thing at a time, right? One, One thing at a time. time. <laughs> I know for me, I do something similar. I'm getting up and sometimes I'm slipping out of my bed from underneath my son who gets in my bed in the middle of the night. And I'm so tired that I don't realize that he's there until I go mm-hmm. to get up. And because sometimes when I move, he wakes up, I'm like literally trying to like, I don't even know what to call it. Just do the worm out the bed, I guess. I'm showing yeah. my age. The worm. Whew. Anyway. That? I don't, I've never heard of that before. I'm, only, I'm a millennial. Cut <laughs> <Got> it out. <laughs> and once I'm out of the bed, I too am drinking some water, right? Because mm-hmm. we've gone however amount of time it was that we were asleep with no water. And I'm either meditating or praying or saying affirmations. And I used to get up in arms, like you were mentioning earlier. Oh, I didn't do my morning routine like the exact same way or whatever. And I've learned how to just pick it up. And I can tell you that the days that I do just pick it up compared to the days where I just don't do my morning routine at all, my day is so different. It Mm -hmm. literally, it just, it makes such a world of difference. I'm more patient. I am more pleasant just more energetic. Even if I'm running off four hours of sleep, that morning routine like gives me a boost of energy like none other. So thank you for sharing yours with us because it's super, super important. And it's funny that you talk about that because again, we so often don't give ourselves grace. We give everyone else grace. We even give 45 grace sometimes. Mm, I know, but we do. We do. And so we, but we don't, we give everyone else grace, but ourselves. And so if anything, you know, especially with these routines, giving yourself grace. And that's why part of the redefined mindset, I also included this month of December, where if you get that journal, you'll also get our, my morning and evening routines, eBooks, because I think it's just as important to have routines in the evening as it is in the morning. Yeah. How you end your night is just as equally as important how you start your day. Yeah. And that's new to me, right? Like I knew a little bit about the morning routines. And as I've made that into a regular practice for me, I've now started to at least conceptualize an evening routine. And one of the things that I practiced for the very first time last night, being fully 100% transparent, was affirmations around how I was going to wake up in the morning. Because oftentimes the last thing that you think is the first thing Mm -hmm. that you think in the morning. And I can't tell you how many times before I went to bed, I would say, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. I have this, 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 and this to do. Oh my gosh. I know I'm not going to want to get out of bed. Like I'm feeding myself that. You're manifesting some crappy ass days. Yeah, exactly. And so last night, 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to wake up super energized. I'm going to feel really good. Like all of these things that I was literally trying to talk myself into. Mm-hmm. But this morning I felt it like I got up before my alarm went off. Yes. And I had to double check my clock. Like, is it really? I didn't hear nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I had extra time to sit and actually just breathe. That's another thing that I do, depending on what time it is that I get up or whatnot, or if the boy follows me downstairs. I even do affirmations with him sometimes too when he's up. Especially Mm -hmm. at a young age. Yeah. But just breathing, because I'm one who used to be terrified of just being by myself and being with my thoughts, because then I would remember the people that were past. Or I'd remember, you know, the hurt feelings of all the stuff that I've been through trauma wise, just all of it seems to creep up when you are sitting being quiet. But that breath work too, like just no judgment, no nothing, breathing for five minutes, set a timer and breathe. It gets me right as well. Yeah, I know I love breath work. It's actually something I've been working on getting an additional certification in. Like I well, sometimes do Reiki on myself, which mm-hmm. I like you're depending, I'll switch it up. Instead of doing meditation, I'll do Reiki. But I always add some form of breath work in what I do. Speaking of which, another one of the things that I love about you is that with this- well- hair? Oh, thank you, girl. Oh, girl, yeah, that hair is mom, girl. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> um, aside from your hair, I really love that you are introducing us to things that are revolutionary to women of color, mm-hmm. aka Reiki, or sometimes yoga, or just these different things that we wouldn't necessarily consider wellness. Mm-hmm. So tell me, I guess a couple of the things that you feel like as women of color that we haven't put into our self-care or wellness toolkit, if that yeah, makes sense. So I definitely think, and that's the, you know, the, the, the R in the air journey that is my coaching program is about redefining and it's redefining what wellness is to you. I mean, oftentimes you think wellness is just a bubble bath and getting my nails done or getting massage and it's so much more. And through my journey, I have been able, I've been blessed to be open to so many different things. Like when I was in Bali and that trip and part of that trip and redefining what wellness was, I discovered yoga. Girl, I freaking hated yoga. I was like, yoga is not for me. Yoga, I mean, it really wasn't because I tried it before and I would see other people with their head between the legs. I would try and then pulled a muscle and I'm all screwed up and I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm like, why are you people wearing the clothes all day long? I mean, like, this is ridiculous. And I met with a Balinese healer in Bali mm-hmm. who, and it's probably so wrong to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So he kind of reminded me of Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid, <laughs> like looks and everything. And he didn't speak much English. I know, forgive me, Lord. So I was like a little yoga and using my hands to kind of go in and out. Little yoga and a lot of meditation. Well, girl, he did a lot of yoga and little meditation. Mm. But what I found through that, I was just like, oh, I'm mentally feeling better through this yoga thing. And so when I was telling you, I was only supposed to be in that city for like two and a half days. And like, and so I went, okay. From there, I went to this other spot where I was going to go to this place called Yoga Barn, which I love in a boot in Bali. And I was going to just do meditation, but I was like, okay, Let's try this yoga thing one more time. Let's see if it it really worked. Mm -hmm. Girl, I'm in a class. I was doing kundalini yoga. I'm like, do, 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 do. Rolling my head, rolling my head one way, roll it to the back. 
all of a sudden I couldn't hear. It was like someone had literally pushed mute. And I was like, what's wrong? Mm. And all of a sudden I felt this wave of energy and this color of purple follow through on my body. And I just start bawling, like mm. ugly crying, bawling. I opened my eyes and other people are crying too. So I'm like, okay, it's not just me. It's going through something. I don't know what just happened in this class, but now a bunch of us are crying. And so I was like, okay, let's try this again. I'm like, it happened again. And I released through yoga so much in that trip. And again, I love that there's all these different modalities. And so I've done yoga. I've done ayahuasca. I have, I love sound baths. Oh my God, sound baths. What the shit? I love, you know, sensory deprivation. There's so many, I love Reiki. I love breath work. I mean, there's so many different things out there that if we open our minds up to it, it may be the thing that we really needed mm-hmm. that we don't know about. It. And so that's part of, you know, again, hello well and redefining what wellness is to you because what you may not know of, you can't know, you can't do what you don't know. And so right. I really through the podcast, I try to tell people about all these different wellness modalities to help them open them up to what being, might be new and good for them. Yeah. And I love that you share your experience about yoga. Cause I too, like I took yoga a while ago, one class and I was like, I'm sore. This is whack. Mm-hmm. Like this ain't for people that are my size or my color. So I'm not about to keep doing this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then I, and it, it's funny. I had on my podcast and she's a bomb girl. And if you know her, but um, Stacia Lacone, who does um, Thick Thigh Yoga, mm-hmm. she, she's a big girl and she, honey, she's doing all the poses. I saw it on your Instagram. I'm like, okay, girl. All the poses. And she literally started that as a way to help, you know, people who look like us know that there is someone out there and doesn't size doesn't matter. Color doesn't matter. And yeah. there is a community. And so yoga has been my life. Yoga, yoga, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, got me through so much. So being that you are helping to kick off this month of self-care, I know you're doing your own month of wellness as well for the month of December. Mm-hmm. Like you, I truly believe that we should not wait until January 1st, like it's this magical day to start practicing self-care, thinking about very, self-care. Very not coming. Right? No, not coming at all. What kind of advice do you have for those of us who have, have, or still feel like I don't have time for self-care. I can't afford self-care and I don't even know where to start. Mm. I realize I hit you with three questions. So, yep. Well, I'll start with the, I can't afford it. And the great words of the amazing JLo doesn't cost a thing. (laughs) Yes. I just quoted (laughs) JLo. Don't judge me. (laughs) Hello, if you're listening, girl. Yes, but you know, it really doesn't have to cost. Like we talked about it earlier, journaling, meditation, going for a walk, setting healthy boundaries. Mm. That's self-care. And they don't cost a single freaking dollar. You talked about it being, I think, selfish. Yep. A lot of people feel like I can. And that used to be me, right? Like I wouldn't even go work out because I felt like I was taken away from my family time. I felt like it was selfish. And like, and when I say to people about that, who say that it's selfish, I'm like, it's the most selfless thing. Because if you think about it, if you are the strong woman, you're, you're the one who's taking care of everyone else, it's really hard to take care of everyone else when you're struggling. Mm. So if you want to really be able to pour into other people, you need to first pour into you. 
Mm-hmm. Like I love the ideal of like think of like okay, Nicole, let's, let's we'll do an exercise. What's your favorite drink? I Just like pick one. Though. Red wine, red wine. Okay, so you have your glass of your favorite red wine. It's there. It's beautiful. It's in this gorgeous golden goblet, goblet, or whatever it's called. And you give it to your girlfriend. You give some to your husband. Even you slip a little to your kids. You slip it to, you know, me, because, you know, you know, I've been struggling a little bit. You slip it to a little, you know, the old lady down the street who, you know, is like struggling to have COVID. And you go to finally drink your favorite glass of wine. You're like, yes, it is time. I'm ready for it. It's my time. And that shit gone. It is empty. You turn the cup over and you're trying to get a drop and there ain't nothing there. And that's what we do with our energy. And that's why I say like self-care is the most selfless thing you can do because for you to be able to really pour into everyone else and be there to help everyone else, you got to give to yourself first. I love that analogy. I don't think that I've ever looked at it like that because real talk, that was me Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) Pouring out my wine for everybody. And my husband said, you know, I watch you do this all the time. And salty probably. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Like, you know, I don't care how much it costs. That's not the thing, but I got this for you. And I've watched you give it to everybody and everybody and then everybody else. And now you have none. Yeah. And, and that's our energy. We, yeah. we are mad. I mean, we love our kids and our family and our job. We're low key mad because like you have like you've taken all my energy. Now I have none for me. And we sit in, you know, the middle of the night. And those are the thoughts that we have. It's like, you know, you're resentful mm-hmm. of people taking our time, our energy and not having me time, but we allow that. Yep. Like I love clients. Like if you had to write a priority list of all the top priorities in your life, would you make the list? And if you made the list, how high would you be on that list? Because again, you can't pour into others if you aren't taking the time for you. And you saying that I don't have time for it is you saying, I don't matter. Yes. I, I, I don't matter. I'm not worthy. And you are. Oh, we are so, so worthy of all that we desire in life. But we have this narrative that we've allowed ourselves to believe that maybe someone even told us and we're living on this lie. And that's why the wellness revolution is about getting rid of these lies and fighting for the truth. And the truth is that we are worthy of self-care and we're worthy of love and we're worthy of that glass of wine. Yeah, that too, right? Like that level of worthiness and understanding. And it's really having a conversation with yourself and getting on the same page with yourself. And then you need to be able to, again, when we talked about it, look at that, you know, that mall map, you need to know where you are. You need to awaken to where you are. So you're going to interrupt those patterns and then redefine what you want to be living. Yeah. Knowing where you are is central, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't, like you said, you can't really know where you are if you aren't taking inventory, which is why I love your journal on giving you those journal prompts and helping you really, I think I mentioned to you, put everything in one space, right? Because your girl got like notebooks and other little journals and all of these different things in a bunch of different places, but your journal really helps to put everything together so that you are keeping track of not only, you know, your thoughts and your feelings, but your wins when it comes to self-care, right? Like the things that you're putting into place. And I think it's amazing. So thank you for creating that very, very much. Thank you for buying it. I love you for it. 
You're welcome. Before we head out, do you want to talk a little bit about your book too? Because you just sprung a book on us, girl, like surprise. So <laughs> let's talk about that, Miss Danielle. So yes. Yeah, so the funny thing is, and I'm going to give you a confession, girl, I had the book all year long. I wrote it. I know this is my own limiting situation. So I had the book that I wrote and I've always wanted to write a book. And like, let me help you out. This is not, this is the first of many. I already know this. I have had several books in my heart and stories I want to tell. But through that trip to Bali and taking a self-care trip, which I've done several, I'm, I'm, a, I'm notorious for taking a self-care trip. It's funny, last year I was saying to myself, I'm like, oh my God, you went nowhere. You only went to 12 countries. And I looked at it and I'm like, only? I was like, really? Just get to one. Just one. Jill said it was one with a magic number. Let me just get to one. And I haven't got to one yet. but that being said I hella love travel travel I would say is literally my favorite form of therapy through travel I feel like when you're traveling you are away from the noise in your life and the chaos and it gives you time to really unplug and start reflecting so I think it's one of the best times to actually really work on yourself and be intentional but also when you're on trips you are different sometimes. And so being able to incorporate those differences that you really love and bring them back home. And so I wrote a self-care guided journal, which is more than just a journal. This one actually gives you information about like working on the mindset of planning a trip, help you get with tips planning a trip. It also talks about budgeting because I'm not one about going to credit card debt to be traveling. Right. So I give my tips on how to travel like a baller on a budget. And also I'm not the hostel girl, so <laughs> not be seeing me in that. So I, I do travel pretty nicely, but I found ways to afford to travel without traveling like with a backpack. Well, I do have a backpack, but not that kind of backpack. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> You're not hitchhiking to where you need to go. I ain't hitchhiking. I'm not staying in a hostel. I mean, no, we're great for some people. They're not my world. But so I created this book called Travel is My Therapy which goes through the five stages of travel, but it also helps you, you know, bring back what you love about those trips and be intentional incorporating those ideals and those mindsets and reflections into your life. Because we just sometimes we go on these trips and then we go back to the way we were living without making any changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to see us thrive. Yeah. I'm all about team thrive as well. Cause like you said, we're literally so focused on trying to survive that we forget that we're not supposed to be here to do that. We're supposed to thrive. And one of the ways in which we can is by practicing Mm self-care. It does not cost a lot of money, but it can cost you yourself. If you don't, you can cost yourself, it can cost you relationships, it can cost you job, it can cost you everything that you love. And we out here acting like do 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 my well-being doesn't matter. And it's like our well-being is at war, yep. like literally, and there's no shade in that. And there's no other way to cut it. Our well-being is at war. And mm-hmm. a lot of us are saying we don't have time for it. We, it. Self-care is not a luxury, especially for women of color. It is now. There is no more later. It is. It's a necessity. Yeah. It has to be part of our everyday life. It's yeah. not just a, like I said, a one and done. It is a lifestyle. It is a journey. And you have to give yourself grace, but you have to start putting self-care on your to-do and priority list at the top of the list, because most of us do not just as women alone, right? We're 
literally running around taking care of everybody because that's that's how we're wired. But then when you add to that, you know, women of color, that's a whole different category. And no shade to anybody else that is not a woman of color, but it is a lot different when you are a woman of color. And that's okay. And just really being able to speak up and admit that is half the battle and then doing something about it. So I'm so thankful that you have this revolution, this wellness revolution for women of color. And again, I'm so honored that you have been on this show. Before I let you go for real, for real, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I ask each and every one of my guests. Uh, I didn't like, um, you know, um, I didn't sign the contract. I know you did not, but you know what? <laughs> the Chicago style set up. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. They're not hard though. They're really good. And I think you're going to like them. Number one. Do I win something? Do I win a free trip somewhere? Because again, you know, I want that one country. I wish, girl. Can we go to a concert in another country somewhere? Oh, I love concerts. One of the best concerts I went to was in Italy. Girl, I went to this concert. It was this thing called the Umbria Jazz Festival. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite trips. And I went to see this Italian singer named Georgia, who I hella love. Mm -hmm. And I'm in like close front row seats almost. And people look at me like the only American, only Black person there. She starts singing. I know all the words. They're like, how does she know all the words? (laughs) They gave you that. (gasps) Yeah. Don't slip on me. They don't know how cultured you are. Tell everybody the languages you speak right quick. You're funny. (laughs) I'm for real. Because it's so important. Like you are so dope. When I said that I wanted you on here because of how dynamic you are, I meant every word of that. Well, I appreciate you. So my second language is Italian. My friends know. She switches into Italian. Cut her off. She <laughs> I used to speak a little bit of Japanese, but that's pretty much gone. I know a couple words to get me by. Like I was in Japan last year and I was hella lost. I was like, okay, Japanese, let's kick in whatever you can remember. Any minute <laughs> now. I'm waiting. Because <laughs> there was no signs whatsoever in English where I was. So I was outside of kind of the city center mm. in Tokyo. I speak Spanish and I speak French. I used to speak a little bit of Greek, but that's kind of, mm, it's gone. So yeah, that's why I I just want to be like you when I grow up. I want you to know that. (laughs) I want to be you. I want to be down. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you could go back in time and give the 17 year old version of you, one piece of advice mm-hmm. and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? Okay. 17. I was, I was so messed up girl. I think back to her and uh, she was, she had the walls up. She was toughened because she had gone through so much and she had so little self-respect for herself. I would let her know that she was worth because she was out here thinking she needed to sleep with people just to have them like her, to be seen. She was being friends with people who she didn't even like because people said, we need to be friends with black people. So, okay, you're friends with these people who are really not really nice people. Mm. I'm not saying that black people are nice. But <laughs> and she just didn't do anything that she wanted to do. And I would let her know she was worthy. She's worthy of the lactose used flowers. And she is seen. I see you and I love you. Mm, That's so powerful. And I picked 17 because I know where I was when I was 17 and I was a hot mess. I was on the path to being an achievement and um, 
like school junkie, for lack of better words. All of my confidence and everything was in school. So I'd graduated high school early, um, a whole year, was on my way to college, just knew I was getting ready to you know, become a music therapist because I loved music so much. And I, I've always had this helping and healing spirit, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that that was like a crossroad for me. And I feel like 17 is just, it's on the cusp of being able to, I don't want to say go left or right, but yeah, it's where you think you're grown, but you have no idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you would go back and tell her, I see you. I love you. I hear you know your worth. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we talked about it earlier and everyone looking outside of what I am thought I was doing great girl I was playing on competitive soccer league was traveling the world Mm -hmm. um I know I quit track by then because I was like I was good I broke a school record with the track team but but like I I was playing soccer every single day I had you know relationships whatever you know I was doing great in school because I had already discovered by that point I had aha moment of how to get out of my parents house um, so everyone else looking in thought I was good. I was a strong friend. I was a friend. People came to for everything, but I was so miserable, mm. so miserable mm. and afraid to speak out because I didn't know how, because again, I was meant to serve. I was yeah. meant not to be seen. Thank God we're shattering that, you know, yeah. changing that whole mindset. Oh, we, okay. So since we are on the Flow and Flourish podcast, tell me how you flow and flourish on a daily basis. How do you stay in flow? <laughs> uh, I dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dance. Dance music. I always tell people music is my first love dancing to my mistress. Um, mm. I love dancing, so I dance like tango, ruetta, salsa, Afro-Cuban salsa. I also do a Brazilian belly dancing and I'm sure I'm missing some, but I love dancing. Girl. Like I love, love, love dancing. And it is, uh, so I'll do dance breaks. Things are going bad or whatever. I'll just do a dance break and I'm like, it's time to just shake it out. That's an amazing mood. I love moving my body. I love music and I love movement. I can't wait to get to where you are in San Francisco. We're going to have a dance party. I'm super excited. Rona need well, to get, get somewhere else. Let's plan somewhere else. I'm okay. Get out of this country. Last but not least, out of everything that we've talked about today, what is the one takeaway you want the listeners to walk away with? That self-care is not a luxury. Your self-care, your well-being is at war. And now is the time. No longer can you put it on the back burner. You are worthy of being on the front where you are shining and living the life that you truly desire and not just surviving. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you again. Like this is just, it's so great to be in the presence of another woman who is a strong advocate for self-care and it's not a competition. It's not any of that. It's a general loving desire to want to change the world. And so I very much so appreciate the work that you do. And I'm just thankful for you stepping out and walking in your purpose and leading other women like myself to this wellness revolution of where we can explore different facets of ourselves and redefine wellness for ourselves. 
You I are. love it. It's definitely not a competition. We need everyone in this movement. It's yep. going to take all of us coming together and helping each other. And like, think, I want us to be like the Harriet Tubman's of self-care. <laughs> That's what you said. Yes. <laughs> Come on. We're, we're on this underground railroad to self-care. And you and me are here to help guide everyone. Yeah. That's, a, that's our role. That's where we put, that is our blessing. That's where we were put on this earth to do, to help other people get to that higher point. So I'm glad to be on the gr- underground with you, girl. Yes. I'm going to need you to get that on a shirt, okay? And then I want one. <laughs> I'm a Harriet Tubman of wellness. Oh, my goodness. Did you guys catch all that goodness? That is hands down one of the best conversations that I've had. And it felt so good to be having a conversation with somebody who is just as passionate as I am about self-care and really understanding how connecting the dots between your capacity and how you're able to show up for yourself is directly linked to your self-care. I want you to make sure that you go and you follow Danielle Make sure that you join the Wellness Revolution for Women of Color on Facebook. Tag us and let us know how this episode has helped you. And also let us know what stood out to you the most. Make sure you also check out her podcast, Hello Well with Danielle, so that you can get the inside scoop and more details on how to practice self-care and make it a lifestyle and not just the one and done as we talked about throughout the podcast. Check out her two journals that will help you with guiding you through self-care as well as her new book so that you can learn how to really use travel as a form of therapy. And of course, if you have not already subscribed to the Flow and Flourish podcast, would you please go ahead and do that now? And don't forget to like, and rate the podcast because it really does make a difference for me. If you have not taken the time to check your capacity, make sure that you reach out to me either on Facebook or on Instagram so that I can send you the link to the free capacity calculator so that throughout this month of December, as we are focusing on self-care, you know exactly where you are. Knowing where you are is going to help you figure out where you need to go and help you plan on how to get there. For the rest of this month, I look forward to continuing to be your capacity coach and helping you create balance between your personal and professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. Stay safe, stay healthy, happy holidays, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.